You are listening to the fastest growing sports investing podcast in the world. If you're looking for no-nonsense, actionable sports investing information and insight, all geared to increase your bankroll, you've come to the right place. And now, the wait is over. Direct from the real MrACL.com, this is the ACL Pod featuring Captain Wags. I give you A-C-L. And with that, welcome in everybody to the ACL Pod featuring the one and only Captain Wags. I'm ACL and he is Wags. We are here, the NFL season. We finished week one. We had a pretty good week, I'd say, Wags. We'll get into that, NFL and college, of course. Uh, before I bring in Wags, guys, I just wanted to remind you to subscribe to the pod. Just type in ACL Pod in any podcast player and you will find it. Subscribe, get the podcast first when it drops. And if you can, leave us a five-star review. Nice little review there. Leave your Twitter handle as well. We are going to be picking out one person at the end of the month, giving them site credit as well. So be sure to do that. Five-star review, nice little comment. Leave your Twitter handle, and hopefully you can win that. Wags, before we jump into how we did this past weekend, overall, I mean, I thought the NFL did a fantastic job. No fans in the stands. I was watching the games. It felt like it's in very, you know, in, in very many ways, just like a normal NFL Sunday. What did you yeah. think? No, definitely. I, I felt that way, too. I mean, I, I read some comments, you know, people were annoyed with the crowd noise. Some people loved it. You know, I didn't really find it um, all too uh, annoying. I think maybe at first I was like, hey, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, you know, I was just zoned in on watching football. So it was uh, it was great to be back. Almost felt like some normalcy going on. And, um, you know, we have a week two coming up. So, you know, let, let's continue this trend. Hopefully uh, nobody's going to come down with any uh, corona this week and we can play some football and uh, not have any um, hiccups uh, in scheduling. Very well said. I, uh, I think I tweeted out the morning of, like, they tested it was some absurd number, thousands of players, coaches, staff, whatever. Not one corona test came out positive. So Incredible. that was yep. super good for the Ni- NFL. N- nice well to, yeah, for the NFL especially. You know, I know they put in some extra precautions and whatnot. Um, you know, there were, there were some, I guess uh, – speculation before the season oh these guys are going to go out and this and that but um you know i think they put in you know the away team got to stay at the hotel right right you know, if they, they're going to get fined like fifty thousand dollars if they see the see you in an uber or in some restaurant so um i think some teams uh, went even further to to establish uh, i heard on on one of the pregames that you know if they they can't even leave the hotel uh so you know i think kudos to the nfl and the ops uh within the NFL to, to get these guys right and, and make sure that they're focused on football and not any extracurriculars. Yeah, kudos to the NFL. Very well done. Uh, guys, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to just sort of talk about, uh, you know, some recaps upon games that happened this weekend. Chris Andrews is going to be joining us. Uh, I, I got to, a chance to, to catch up with Chris yesterday. We're taping this on Wednesday. I got a chance to catch up with Chris on Tuesday. If you don't know Chris, he's a, the uh, sportsbook director at the South Point in Las great Vegas. Great guy, great guy. Great guy, 40 years of bookmaking experience, just incredible insight. So he gave us some really good information upon on you know what he saw this past weekend as far as books, handle, how their book approached Corona, all that, guy, all that kind of stuff. So we're really looking forward to having Chris on. Uh, we will be giving the three questions to the Monday Night Football Contest, $200 in site credit to the winner. That's coming up 
We're going to take a look at a couple of games that we're really looking forward to uh, this upcoming weekend. And then, of course, free plays. I will have one. Wags will have one as well at the end of the show. So a really, really good show here. Wags, let's just start. First of all, week one can sometimes be a little squirrely from my perspective. The lines have been up for six, seven months. Right. So a lot of them have gotten beaten down. It was even stranger this year with Corona because you had players opting in, whatever players deciding not to play, just strange circumstances. Um, but we had a really, really good weekend. You went, I believe, 10 and 2, including a free play and a two star winner. I went 10 and 5, including a max play winner on Army on Saturday, 20 and 7 combined for us week one. So. With everything going on, I think uh, clients, you, me, will certainly take 20 and 7 combined. Yes, yeah, 74% to start the season. Not too bad. I think, uh, you know, getting a lot of love um, you know, on Twitter, DMs and things. You know, I think uh, definitely great to be back. Definitely great to make money, make clients money. Um, you know, the, the investments are, are proven in the research that we're doing. Um, and, and obviously that, that helps. So, uh, you know, kudos to us. Let's keep it up. Um, you know, we continue to kind of pound the pavement here and, and analyze the numbers that are, are being put out every week and um, kind of going to work and, and doing our uh, analysis on, on certain data points that we have that we use. Well said. Yeah, I mean, it's great to win money. It's great to be up going into week two. But that said, it's week two. That's right. uh, (laughs) I I think one thing that we do really well is we look at what happened the past week to learn and handicap the upcoming games, right? So one thing that really stuck out to me in in week one, among many things, is the first-year coaches. They went one and four overall. Um, The Sharps and I feel like a broken record because I've said this year after year after year, uh, we're on the Cleveland Browns at Baltimore. Got bet from eight and a half down to seven. Yeah, I even saw some six and a halfs pop. Um, for me, I don't know how you felt about this. I mean, this was a game that was either Ravens or pass for me. I wanted no part of this of this Cleveland Browns team going on the road, first-year coach, against the Ravens team who was pretty pissed off from that playoff loss last year. You heard all offseason how Lamar was just itching to get back out there. And what do you know? Everyone just went and bet the Browns again. And to me, the first-year coach thing with no preseason, with no COVID, we harped upon that in all of our preseason podcasts. Uh, Ron Rivera was the only coach to get a win who was a first-year coach. But one in four in, in, in week one for these for these first-year coaches. And I just did not agree with, nor did I understand, uh, the Browns love all the way down to six and a half just made absolutely no sense. Yeah, I, I was one um, personally that that was off the game um, because of that love to the Browns. I didn't really understand it either, um, but I also wanted no part of taking, um, you know, giving away points uh, when, when all the sharps were, were steaming it down. So um, that was a pass for me. But the, um, you know, I think the one thing to note in that game is, you know, the, uh, the the Ravens just continue to uh, impress me. I mean, the Browns had all offseason to prepare for this offense. And what did they do? Nothing. <laughs> they did nothing. They did I mean, nothing. They scored six points. Look, I get it. You know, the they had three or four guys hurt, especially in the secondary. I mean, their, their stud draft pick, Delpit, uh, Grant Delpit from LSU. Um, I think he tore his Achilles at some yeah, he's point. Out. Yep. Um, they had two cornerbacks go down, uh, you know, some offensive line troubles. So because of that, obviously it didn't help. Um, 
but th- they were really a no-show. You know, you we talked about Baker um, kind of coming back. He didn't have a great year after all the hype last year, so maybe, you know, he'll come back and bounce back. And, and you know, I, I was not impressed. And um, they better do something in Cleveland uh, quickly to kind of turn things around. And, and they have uh, Cincy this week, Thursday night, so definitely going to see uh, how they prepare um, on a short week. And, uh, you know, I, I, look, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But, um, yeah, definitely not impressed with Cleveland. And um, like you said, the, the first-year coaches, one and four. I was watching all the games. I was at the Superbook in Las Vegas watching all the games. So I wasn't watching Red Zone this weekend. So I, I actually got to see the commercials which is something if you're watching Red Zone, you don't get to see. So Baker Mayfield, this guy, I'm sitting there watching the Ravens game. They score six points. He's throwing it. He's underthrowing guys. He's overthrowing guys. He's fumbling. He's throwing picks. And then almost every single f- commercial that comes on right away Baker is Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> These stupid commercials where he's in the stadium, I don't know, covering up the, the seats for rain. And then he's right, doing the right, Hulu right. commercial. I mean, it, it's it's like you can't make this stuff up. Um, yeah, maybe too many you commercials. Start uh, getting off camera and getting, but you know, a little bit in in, in the locker room and, and uh, getting with his team and staying after. Uh, you know, I get they have that. You know, they definitely have their time. But look, you got to prepare. Um, you got to have the will to prepare to win in order to get to the preparation and the key. Um, yeah, it's key for these guys. So. 20 of 38, 188, a touchdown. Ain't going to get it done, man. Not good. Not good. Not good, my man. Uh, Cam Newton, I thought he looked good. Um, I was on the Patriots. I teased him down to pick him. I thought this was a great spot with Belichick. Six months to prepare against a division rival that he knows well. I thought Cam, you know, it's going to take some time. I I, I worry a little bit about the amount of running he did. He's injury prone. I don't think if he does that amount of running, he's going to stay healthy all year. But I thought overall, considering new system, new quarterback, the Patriots look pretty darn good. Yeah, no, they look good. Um, yeah, I think they looked okay. Uh, you know, I don't think I'm as bullish as you. I think they looked okay. They also looked, you know, pretty solid on the their, their run game. You know, they ran all over Miami. Miami's mm-hmm. defense um, really kind of disappointing. You'd think uh, they'd have um, – you know, against a divisional opponent, they'd, they'd step up there. But um, they did lose Pat Graham, their defensive coordinator, last year. Uh, now with uh, – he's – I'll look it up. See, with the Giants Keep maybe? Going. <laughs> yeah, look, look that up. And, um, yeah, the uh, – Cam, I mean, look, he, he, he got lucky getting in on that touchdown. I think he was just short. I mean, they probably would have got in anyway especially with that offensive line and, and Miami's run defense. So, you know, I, I don't take that away from them. But, you know, just winning by 10 points against Miami in the opening game when, like you said, Belichick has all um, year to prepare. It is a home game. It's not like they're down in Miami during the summer. So, um, yeah, I, w- I wasn't too impressed with New England. Um, I think they're, uh, I guess, right where we thought, right in the middle of the pack, um, you know, after losing Brady and, and having a lot of um, – other, I guess, key losses on defense. But, uh, you know, they won. They're 1-0. And uh, Cam definitely uh, looked a lot better than he did last year uh, with a with a bum shoulder. That's for sure. Pat Graham's with the Giants now, by the way. Yep. Okay. Um, I agree with that. It'll be interesting to see how they how he does this week against a, a Seattle defense that, 
leaves a little bit to be desired. But um, for me, with the whole camp thing, it was just about him getting out there, taking hits, seeing how he responds, and, and also seeing how his teammates respond to him. Right, because he's been one of these guys that has some locker room issues in the past, and um, I think if you're a Patriots fan, you got to be pretty pretty excited at the possibility of what Cam can uh, can give you this year. Um, Patriots around three and a half plus four at Seattle this weekend. The I want to touch on this game. The Washington Football Team at home wins as a five and a half six point dog i know this was a game you loved you were two and oh on this game you had the the washington football team plus i think it was five and a half they went out right yep. and then the free play you put out was the eagles team total under 23 at plus money plus 115 Woo. the eagles get out to a 17 nothing lead you and i are texting and and i said well <laughs> <laughs> they didn't score another point man awesome job on that game i feel like you read it exactly correct as far as just the 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 Washington football team having the advantages up front versus a second and third string Eagles offensive line. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And obviously, you know, it started off and I was sweating a little bit up front, but um, the fact is that the Washington football team's defense, um, you know, very underrated defense. We talked about it on the pod um, about their team. They have one of the best front four in the league. Maybe um, the best. Yeah, possibly the best. Um, and, and then beyond that, you talk about the uh, Eagles injuries on the on the offensive line at receiver. Um, Miles Sanders, they're they're you know better running back. You know everybody's talking about Boston Scott, and how, you know th- that wasn't going to really happen. Um, fact is, uh, they gave the ball away. They turned the ball over a lot. Um, and it's exactly what I saw, you know, sacks, fumbles, interceptions. We saw them and we saw Washington play on the plus 50 pretty much uh, most of their scoring drives, which obviously helped out. But, yeah, you definitely didn't see Philly starting out 17 nothing. And um, but, you know, I, I had faith in, in that defense making plays. And, and that's exactly what they did. The Washington football team goes to Arizona this week. One of those teams is going to be 2-0. Uh, Arizona's yeah. up to minus seven. They were minus six and a half. Obviously, they looked pretty darn good against the defending NFC champion 49ers. So um, I'm glad that, that these two teams are playing. I, one of these teams, if not both of these teams, are for real. And Washington was a team that I played over five wins on their season win total. I just think everything you said is correct about their defense. Their defense alone is going to keep them in games. Yep. So Yeah, uh, you know what? It, it, it's true. I, I still... Uh, you know, I, I like that five number, so I'm not going to say that I, you know, I don't like that play. I just still think that this team isn't there yet, right? Defense can keep you in the games. I, I still want to see a little bit more from Haskins. A um, lot more from Haskins. Yeah, I, I guess a lot more. <laughs> he he looked kind of quote unquote impressive. Yeah. Because of where they started their their drives, right? Exactly. They, you know, they the were defense off, is going to help him a lot. Yeah, yeah, easy to score a touchdown inside the twenty when you're yep. starting there, right? Yep, so. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, that's about that. Yeah, um, I'm just pulling up his. Yeah, but you you do make his, a good point. I mean, I, I have it written down here too. So um, you know, one of the two teams of Washington and Arizona will start two and zero. I mean, barring any tie, but uh, pretty pretty crazy, pretty awesome for them. Um, and I think uh, 
Arizona at home, um, you know, they'll, they'll probably get the win. I don't know. You know, that's a bit, it's a big line at seven. Big I think number. that's, uh, yeah. you know, a big number for Arizona. It's kind of two opposite teams. You know, you look at Arizona, a lot of weapons on offense, defense, maybe a little suspect, um, and, and the reverse with Washington. So Dwayne Haskins, 125 to one win the MVP. Do you have any uh, yep. tickets on that yet? Nope. Pass. Not, not yet. Pass. Okay. Yeah, pass. Just making sure. Just making sure. Um, awful coaching mismanagement. I talked a little bit about this with Chris. Detroit, Bat Patricia finds ways to lose games. Another fourth quarter blown lead. They're up 10. He's kicking a 55-yard field goal with, with like five minutes left. Of course, the guy misses it, creates a short field for the Bears. Just insane. That was that was my one loss uh, early at the Lions minus two oh, yeah. and a half. They're up twenty three to six. I'm saying okay, this should be a win, and then Matt Patricia takes over Denver. Vic Fangio still has those two timeouts in his pocket today, same as he did Monday that he did not use. Dallas, Mike McCarthy strikes again. Twelve minutes left. You kick the 30-yard field goal to tie it. You don't go fourth and three. He was sort of too cool for school, wanted to show off, oh, I know all these new analytics. I had two years off. I was in the basement learning analytics. No. If it's fourth and three, that's not the time to go for it. That's the time to tie the game with that much time left, Mike. Yep. So we were I've, on the Rams, so I'm not complaining. But Exactly. Yeah, I think coaches are you know figuring out this analytics thing, and there needs to be some sort of balance of knowing when to – Go for it and, you know, holding back and, and, you know, to kick a field goal to tie the game in the fourth quarter. That's one of those times where you just need to kick. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're not rolling the dice. This isn't Madden, uh, you know, 2020. This is the real live NFL and you got to win the game. Uh, you kick the field goal there, you tie, and, and you know, you got to trust your team uh, to get you in a position to, to win that game. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, Patricia... Uh, yeah, look, all, all of what you made, uh, all the points you made are absolutely fair as far as the mismanagement. Um, just to touch base a little bit on that Detroit game, um, I think Detroit kind of, yeah, I, I, look, obviously you were on the game, so uh, yeah, very frustrating. Yes. Both, not, look, Okuda didn't play at corner. Both their starting cornerbacks got hurt during the game, um, you know. So yeah, you you know people are talking about Trubisky and oh he's good he's back he's good he's going to be play like two did they two watch years the first ago. three quarters right exactly so you know um, oh and by the way uh, best receiver for Detroit Galladay didn't play and they were so, still up twenty three to six uh, but what's funny and and kind of uh, interesting is that all off season people talking about DeAndre Swift. And how you got to get him in, mm. involved in the passing game because he's a good receiver. How'd that and, turn out? <laughs> and you know, look, you feel bad for the guy unless you're on Detroit minus three, and then you're like, you know, obviously Screw living this guy. <laughs> but you know, first game back, he scores a touchdown, has a chance to you know to get his second one. He's in the end zone. Ball hits him right in the hands. He's in the end zone. Why are you turning to run upfield? I don't get it. Just, just catch fall. the ball. Just, fall, just fall. Yeah, exactly. You know, once you catch the ball, you're in the end zone. Maybe he didn't know where he was, but, um, you know, hopefully for his sake he bounces back. He doesn't let, uh, you know, as a rookie, um, some of this fan negativity get in his head. But, um, yeah, t- tough, tough way to lose, uh, you know, er- an early game there. So, um, Two of all people, Mitch Trubisky. I mean, yes. when, when Mitch Trubisky comes back and scores three touchdowns to beat you. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Matt, Matt Patricia – I mean, barring some deep playoff run or whatever, I mean, this guy's got to go. It's just you, you don't kick that field goal there and give him a short field. You punt, you make Matt, you make uh, Mr. Trubisky go 90 yards, and you make him burn clock. Yep. It's, just, it's just not 
that difficult. Um, what surprised you? I, I mean, you were on the we, – we, we were both on the Cardinals. Uh, I was on the Jags. So did it surprise me, quote-unquote, that they won the game? I guess it did because I didn't take the money line. I did take the eight and a half. But, you know, situationally, you had a divisional home dog there versus a Colts team who's used to an indoor track going down to Florida, playing in humidity with a new quarterback in a whole new system. So is it surprising that the Jags played well and won and and, and covered? I should say certainly not. I, I was on the Jags. Um the Colts did outgain them by like 150 yards or something, and they missed field goals. And and we'll I'll be touching upon this later on during my uh, my free play. But look, this Jags team came out tough. Their defense is not as bad as people think. Minshew, I think it's going to chuck the ball around a lot. Uh, so is it totally shocking to me that the Jags won? No, and then going to your Cardinals and my Cardinals play. That was just the Niners have so many injuries. Super Bowl hangover. Kyler Murray can keep teams in games they did it last year against the Niners they played them tough in both games so I'm not totally shocked at both of those end results there yeah total Super Bowl hangover there with the cards um you know lack of depth at receiver with the Niners how are they gonna you know kind of bounce back after that uh you know Super Bowl loss um well I guess you found out and uh they (laughs) they lose the home game against a divisional rival so um yeah, I think just kind of going down the list right here of games that I'm looking at from this past week, uh, just to rattle off a few things that kind of uh, impressed me or, or surprised me. Um, Chiefs uh, Thursday night game, you know, I was obviously to me that, you know, they're the, the best team in the league. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely surprised me um, after a Super Bowl win. They have that ring ceremony before. They didn't let any distractions uh, happen. They, they won handily and, and good for them. Uh Bills win by 10, and it felt like they won by 100. Um, but Jets, they covered the teaser for us, yes. the Jets. Oh, yeah, both Great of them. Great job. Great both job. of them, yeah. So, <laughs> that, I mean, that was huge. Uh, Love the late score there. Um, but, yeah, that game felt like it was 50 to nothing Bills, and um, Bills uh, could be for real. You know, I think they're a top-five team in the league. Uh, things that didn't surprise me, but I, I feel like were overreactions. Uh, Vikings defense, terrible. Um, yeah, we talked about that. They lost, you know, three, def- you know, guys in the defensive secondary from last year. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, Washington was, you know, that was a little bit of an upset for sure. I, you know, I had them plus the points, didn't think they'd win. I thought it was going to be more of a three point game. Um, you talked about the Jags, definitely surprised they won. Um, you know, especially, uh, you know, I, I thought they'd be fading the season um but you yeah. made a lot of good points home game division game let's prove everybody wrong uh, on grass things like that um but otherwise yeah i think you know just going down the list uh everything was um pretty much uh as i you know thought would happen i guess the buck saints game we didn't really mention much there i thought brady and breeze both looked subpar to what they usually do even though breeze comes away with the win you know is, he, is breeze his arm strength is shot it it kind of reminds me remember peyton manning's like last year yeah where he oh, yeah. had like noodle like it, it was so quick right he went from like super bowl champ to just noodle arm in a year and the breezing man he cannot go downfield yeah, I literally made a joke. One of my one of my friends was talking about fantasy. He's got Breeze. Um, you know, he, he made him as a late pick and kind of no a, a zero quarterback um, strategy. Uh, but he, you know, he's got a guy that um, uh, trading option because this guy on it that you know, real quick talk about fantasy. Uh, one of the guys in his leagues had Mike Evans, Connor, 
um, some other running back that got hurt that I can't remember. So he's like, but he has Lamar Jackson. So th- this kid's trying to maybe get Lamar Jackson for Breeze. And I was like, yeah, you know, Breeze, you know, Lamar Jackson might be an injury risk, but Breeze might get arthritis soon. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah. and Michael Thomas is how, is hurt now. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, you'll probably look to see Ma- Emmanuel Sanders step up. You might get Traquan Smith yeah, step yeah. up. Uh, maybe Lamar uh, Latavius Murray gets gets um, some snaps in, in some sort of flex. Uh, you know, Taysom Hill looked good. I mean, look, that guy always gets carries. It's crazy how I don't really understand it. It's like you know he's running. He runs fast, but he looks like he's running slow. It's just like, oh, my God, hit this guy. But he gets in a quarterback, makes plays. Um, And Brady, you know, I I thought Brady looked better, you know, as far as arm strength than Breeze did. Uh, But he made some mistakes that he normally doesn't do. And why is that? His his offensive line currently is the worst offensive line that he's had in front of him. So um, these things happen. I think they'll gel. I think the Bucs will be, um, you know, probably bounce back. and, uh, we'll yeah, they see. play Carolina this weekend, yeah, which so. which is which is an interesting game because you know yeah you would think obviously on paper the the, the Bucks should win that but Carolina can score now their defense is atrocious I was on the Raiders and I was on the team total Raiders on that game so uh, it sort of played out as I thought but this Carolina team it, it, it it's going to be interesting because they can score points yep um, so they're going to cover some games so they might not win a lot just because they they have one of the worst historical defenses that I've ever seen. Um, just so many new guys there, but this team's gonna is is uh, is certainly gonna be in some games just because of McCaffrey and Bridgewater, and they they definitely have some guys. And then just real quick, that Jacksonville game. So that look ahead line was Jacksonville plus eleven at Tennessee. You have Jacksonville beat the Colts. You have Tennessee. Yeah, they won. They didn't look great, especially offensively. That lines down to eight and a half now. So potentially setting up some teaser options to get Tennessee below that key number of three based upon. Uh, how both teams looked this past week. So just stuff to kind of think about, guys. It's week one. It's normally overreaction week one, right? Um, teams usually aren't as bad as they looked, or a lot of the teams are not as good as they looked headed into week two. So that we shall see how that one plays out. All right, Wags, I want to bring in the man, uh, the man himself. Yeah, I, guys, I had a chance to, as I said, catch up with Chris yesterday. Um, so here he is, Chris Andrews, South Point Sportsbook Director. Uh, here's my chat with him from yesterday, and uh, we'll, we'll be right back after that. And with that, I want to welcome in the one and only Chris Andrews, Sportsbook Director at the South Point in Las Vegas. You can and should follow Chris on Twitter at Andrews Sports, and his book is titled Then One Day. 40 years of bookmaking in Nevada, which can be purchased on Amazon. And I can tell you it is a fantastic read because I've read it from cover to cover myself. Chris, really appreciate your time and for being on this week. With so much going on right now, I think the best place to start is for me to just simply ask you, how was the action this weekend in the NFL and with everything else overall? Well, start with Saturday. That was the, you know, the worst opening day schedule for college football that I've ever seen. <laughs> and when we wound up counting the money at the end of the night, I, I looked at Jimmy McKenna and I said, you we handled this much, which we did. We had a lot of time. Um, we've got a lot of stuff going naturally, and uh, you know, the college football was a huge part of it. But, you know, we had every, everything else going on, too. And we actually did pretty good on Saturday. That was a good thing. Sunday was another day. Our handle like just blew away last year's opening weekend figures. 
Uh, and again, we still had hockey, and basketball, and you know, I can't even think of what baseball, of course. You know, so we had a lot of stuff going on. So we, and tennis, a great tennis match. Yeah, you were a tennis guy. Um, so we had a lot of stuff going on, and uh, the handle was unbelievable. Uh, you know, we did okay on Sunday. We, we held, you know, at the lower end of like the expectation of our percentage. Um, but you know, that's uh, you know what way it goes. We get that huge handle like that. I guess you can accept that as a result. But uh, it was a lot of fun. It was pretty good football. Yeah, it was strange. I uh, was looking at the schedule, and you know, the a, a day or two before, and the NBA that Clippers game was on at 10 a.m. Yeah. Pacific time, right when the NFL was going on, and that was sort of the afterthought yeah. with everything going on, right? Yeah, it was funny because you know, I, so I got like nine TVs in my office. We had nine NFL games going at once. So I'm going through my stuff, and I walk out and say, "Hey." Who took the uh, NBA futures off? What are you guys doing? As well, they're playing right now. Oh, geez, I forgot all about it. <laughs> well, good job, fellas. I'm glad somebody was more awake than I was. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, you know, you you mentioned the, the U.S. Open final, which I'm sure not many people saw. Uh, for those that did, it was actually one of the better tennis matches I've ever witnessed in my entire life, and it happened to be on during an NFL Sunday. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I had it on my one TV. I'm, you know, I can't say I paid that close attention to it. Yeah, but I did see where and how do you pronounce it? Team, team. Dominic Team went yep. down. Oh, yeah, he went down O two and came back and won. So I mean, I I knew that much. I, I had my eye on it to, to catch that. So that was a great day of drama. And of course, the uh, Nuggets and Clippers. Where I think the Clippers had nineteen point lead. Was that the game they had a nineteen point? Yep. Anyway, that was lead. one of they them. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one of them. I can't keep track of which one was which, you know, and uh, so a lot of drama that day. And that, that's always good. Anytime we have a good story, that's always good for my business, probably good for yours too and for the uh, industry in general. Now, with so much going on right now, you know, you touched on football, basketball, baseball, hockey, tennis, everything. Is this, in your 40-plus years of bookmaking, the absolute just craziest slash best time that you can ever remember in the sports betting industry? You know, I have to say yes, you know, because here I am Tuesday. I'm still, like, way behind as far as going through box scores and that sort of thing. And, you know, even, like, this morning, I'm still adjusting power ratings and, you know, trying to catch up on injuries and, and like, just going through the boxes. I mean, you get the scores, obviously, but, you know, the um, – you know, there's often, uh, you know, a, a much deeper story behind the scores, particularly in football, because you know, a turnover, a big play, can really kind of upset the apple cart, and um, you don't you don't want to let like the aberration uh, affect your thinking too much. But you know, it's easy to do in football, it really is, because you know, each scores seven points. And, you know, guys, you know, blow like you know the Giants last night at a 19. Uh, play drive yeah. that wound up with zero and uh, you know I mean those kind of things so you have to weigh that in and how, how does that go into your evaluation you know I don't know I mean it's not an exact science I'm still working through it myself but I'm sure you're doing the same yeah, it's it's certainly crazy. For me, a lot of it is is at this point time management, right? Because every other year, you know, right now is is football. The NBA is not on. 
Um, some yeah. of these majors aren't, aren't going. We have the U.S. Open golf coming up. So a lot of it is just managing time, yeah. right? And just sort of figuring out, to your point, about when you have time to handicap, what do you want to put the majority of your time into? So that's something that I think we're all uh, getting used to right now. I saw – I wanted to ask you some of these big tickets. You know, Jimmy tweets out, I guess, duplicate yeah. screenshots of these tickets. You had a guy come in, it looks like, Thursday and put 100000 on the Chiefs' money line. Was that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's he's a regular customer of ours. Uh, about ninety nine percent of the time, he bets a big favorite on the money line, or every once in a while he'll bet a point spread. And uh, you know, you know the way those guys are. You know, if you're betting big favorites on the money line, you're going to win most of your bets. Sure. Now, is the juice going to grind you long term? You know, I think it will. We had another guy. This guy's, you know, I don't know if he still has this. Probably is. We had another guy that used to do kind of the same M.O. And, uh, well, he's down to betting about 800 a game now. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's gone from 100000 to 800 bucks. Wow. I think the juice the juice will grind you eventually. I mean, that's just uh, the way it goes. But, uh, you know, I mean, we take those. And, and listen, we're... we're well, we have one place at South Point, and we have the Rampart, which is another really nice casino, and they're two places down at the ski. But we're in the middle. They have 160 locations, I think, nationwide. So they could take much bigger bets than we do. But you know, I think we take some pretty big whacks for uh, you know an outfit like this. No, you certainly do, and it's always great when you and Jimmy tweet those out. Um, as far as just the book itself, with all the social distancing and the corona protocols and all that, how was it this weekend? Did people... You know, um, were they were they sort of used to the rules at this point? Was there good spacing? Were people complaining? What was it just overall in in uh, in your sports book this weekend? Really, the the first week of NFL during COVID nineteen. Well, you know, we're we're under you know a lot of um, uh, scrutiny from from the governor, and so we we spaced out our chairs, you know, six feet apart. Um, we, we have our lines where people are six feet apart and you know, we, it's hard to get them to not congregate when they're standing together, but we, you know, that, that's a challenge for security, but everybody has to have a mask on. And if you don't have a mask, we're asking you to leave. Mm. I mean, it's very simple. You know, I mean, you don't want to comply, you know, you're just going to have to go somewhere else. We did open, uh, another area of the casino that was really kind of underutilized in our last expansion. We never really quite found a right fit for it, but we kind of needed to have that for the, for the footprint to be, uh, you know, proper from an architectural standpoint. But we opened that area. We could see a lot of people there. Then we had like the, the Grand View Bar, which is usually, uh, you know, we have shows and stuff like that in there. We opened that up. And again, social distancing all the way around. So I think for the most part, people were pretty happy with it. Listen, we've been doing this stuff since like, what, March? Yeah. You know, so I mean, it's, um, you know, you, you got to be used to it by now. And like I said, if you're not compliant, then we're just going to ask you to go somewhere else. Yeah, I was at the Superbook uh, for part of this weekend, and it was interesting. They, they spaced out the chairs as well, but the lines, obviously they have sort of those markers on the ground, right? Stay six feet apart, yeah. but people yeah. were not exactly um, 
applying them properly. And I think if they did, the lines would have extended out the front door, honestly. So it's, it, yeah. it was, it's interesting in security. I mean, they had like maybe one or two people in the entire sports book who were quote unquote security yeah. sort, of, sort of trying to enforce these things. So it's challenging, but I think everyone uh, sort of understands what's going on. So it, it is what it is at this yeah. point. If I could throw this out there, yeah. you know, so we have 12 windows in the sports book. Last year, we had four kiosks at 16 betting stations. Well, this year, we added seven more kiosks. So we have 11 kiosks, 12 windows, and three windows in the race book. And let's not forget, those numbers were up since May. So if you didn't bet the first (laughs) week, you have nobody to blame but yourself. But having all those extra outlets for you to bet on, that really made a big difference. And, uh, you know, we we leased seven of those uh, kiosks. And I talked to Michael, and he said, yeah, we're, we're just going to buy them. You know, the hell of it. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just keep them here. Because, you know, listen, who knows how long this COVID stuff's going to you know, last. I mean, certainly expect to last through the season. I could tell you that. Yeah. So let's just prepare for it and, uh, you know, get our customers used to it. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. And we'll try to accommodate everybody. But I think that really helped. I know you are a Pittsburgh Steelers guy, so just wanted to get your thoughts. Big Ben's return, Monday Night Football, looked pretty good, I thought. Obviously, he's playing the Giants, which is, uh, you know, their unit's not one of the top in the league. But I, ha- I have to imagine that you were pretty happy with uh, the way the Steelers looked on Monday Night Football, right? Yeah, you know, he started out a little shaky. looked like maybe he needed some confidence. But he had a couple nice throws. That one uh, to, to Juju Smith-Schuster, like a nice little lob pass i think that that really kind of ignited him i think he had a lot of confidence in himself after that he's always had a good arm but it wasn't like a it wasn't a gun like some of the other guys in the league you know, he's had a really good arm but he's usually uh known more for his accuracy uh but i think he looked pretty nimble in the pocket for a 38 year old guy looked pretty accurate his arm seemed okay and uh everything else he had to like um you know, the defense held Saquon Barkley, what was it, five or six yards, I think, uh, yeah. rushing? It was unbelievable. And, uh, yeah. yeah, they really bottled that up. And you could see that was a big part of their game plan. Uh, but I think, you know, the defense, you know, listen, last year they were fantastic. And I hope they'll be pretty close to that this year. I think they will be. Still worry about running back. Um, you know, I don't think Connor is really a every down back, even when he's healthy. You know, Benny Snell, I'm not sure the same with him. You know, and then out the wideouts, uh, you know, they, they they need to really play well. I mean, none of them are Antonio Brown at this point. But, you know, I'd say so far so good. But I, I think that defense is going to hold them in a lot of games. You, know, you have a quarterback like Roethlisberger, he's going to win a few for you too. So I think they're serious contenders. I couldn't agree more. I think they can give the Ravens a run for their money. I'm, I was extremely bullish on them coming into this year. Uh, because look, this is a team that almost made the playoffs last year with Duck Hodges. So yeah. when you get a Hall of Famer, you know Roethlisberger back there, the defense is solid. Um, so things have to happen, I think. But I think Tomlin's a good enough coach uh, as far as the whole motivational stuff. Yeah. I think his uh, in-game coaching could is, could use some improvement. But just from a motivational, getting his guys ready, believing they can win, that kind of thing, he's they're second to none to uh, to to. Uh, Coach Tomlin there in Pittsburgh. So we'll see. I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you. I saw some of your tweets on the Monday night game between the Vic Fangio clock management, between the Mike McCarthy not kicking the, tie, the tying field goal, between uh, Matt Patricia going for a 55-yard field goal. It's like these coaching decisions, Chris, 
these these guys, these billion dollar teams, these billion dollar industries can't figure out to hire one person to tell these coaches what they should be and should not be doing. It's unbelievable. Well, let's start with that. I, I mean, if you're an owner, you got to tell that coach you need to hire somebody to help you with that. And I could see the coach saying, "Listen." I'm a football man. I don't need some pencil neck little geek telling me how to manage (laughs) my clock. I could could hear that conversation. It's funny. Vinny Miola was in my office, and and we needed Detroit. You know, for some reason, and I didn't see this everywhere else, but we got flooded with Bears money. I don't know why. Uh, So we needed Detroit pretty good. And they lined up to kick that field goal. And Vinny, like, looks at me and says, would you kick a field goal here? I said, hell no. Like, you know, what good's a 13-point lead? It's not like they're going to kick two field goals. You know, what what good's 13, right. you know? So, you know, that was, you know, that was mistake number one that was glaring. And then, you know, we needed the Cowboys that night. And, uh, you know, these guys, they, they look at some of these analytics, and I know, you know, uh, traditionally coaches for the – you know, up until the last couple of years, we're way too conservative. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't be conservative sometimes. Right. And, uh, you know, I don't know what McCarthy was doing, but let's go to last night. Because <laughs> not only did Fangio not call those timeouts on that last drive to preserve himself some time, because, listen, if the guy misses the field goal, he misses the field goal. You know, it doesn't matter if he misses the field goal with – a minute 30 mm-hmm. or 17 seconds. Denver it's still wins the, the same game. miss. Yes. Yeah, it's the same thing. But the two, So they went ahead 14-13, and you could just see they, they, they were snapping the ball with 10, 12 seconds left on the play clock. You know, guys were running out of bounds, and, you know, silly things like that. Like, no, when you're up 14-13 in a low-scoring game like that, at that point in time, you need to try to win that game 14-13. That's what you need to do. And, you know, that's, you know, you see guys like, you know, Bilicek, you know, they're, they're guys almost, you know, never is a big word. They almost never make those silly mistakes. Clock down, they're going to stay in bounds. Or conversely, if they need to save time, you know, they're going to snap it quick or they're going to run out of bounds. Right. They just have, a, a, you know, an understanding of how time works. And Fangio just doesn't. And if I were John Elway, who was, you know, and I know you're probably a little young to remember some of Elway's great drives, but he was a master of clock management. And if I were him, I would definitely have Fangio in my office today. Tell him to hire one of those little pencil neck geeks and probably spend all day playing Madden football and show you how to run the damn clock. <laughs> well said. I mean, the Fangio hire to me when they did it a couple years ago was just odd. It was like this yeah. this kind of old school, grinded out defensive guru guy who clearly doesn't understand analytics and or clock management. That was strange. The McCarthy thing to me, we heard all in the offseason about how he had sort of locked himself in his basement the last two years that he was uh, out of the league gotten all entrenched in analytics blah 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 and it was this to me it felt like him going for it there was to show everyone how non-conservative he is at this point and it was just like way over the top i mean it wasn't fourth and an inch from the one it was fourth and three with 12 minutes left you kick and tie the game (laughs) right yeah i mean yeah, you, there's a lot of factors going on, not just, well, it's fourth and three. You know, right. I mean, how much time, what's the score, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, uh, I think you're exactly right. He just wanted to prove to the world that he's been studying the uh, 
algorithms and analytics and whatever, and this is what he was going to do. <laughs> so, yeah, and the know. best way to, uh, to kind of figure out if it's right or wrong is ask someone who has money on the game, okay, yep. if they like it or not. I had the Rams. I happened to have the Rams plus three in that game, and when they lined up to go for it, I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, you're talking to the, another guy that needed the other side. Yeah. I'm looking at what the hell Exactly right. It's Truth Serum 101. <laughs> to figure that out Amen. well. Amen, that is the truth. Yeah, it is the truth. Well, hopefully, you know, all 32 teams will figure it out uh, in the coming years, but I, I doubt it. New England, the, you know, New England's of the world, the Baltimore Raven franchises of the world, the Seattle's yeah. of the world, they tend to, they've uh, figured it out. But some of these other teams, man, it, it, especially I, the, the Lions, it seems like year after they just find ways to blow these fourth quarter leads and it's kicking 55-yard field goals yeah. up 10 with four minutes left is the reason. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, like I said, it, what, they were going to kick two field goals? I yeah. mean, I, yeah, how does that make any sense? It makes absolutely no sense. So, it is what it is. Well, Chris, I definitely appreciate the time. You are you are a, a scholar and a gentleman, and and, and thank you for uh, for joining <laughs> us here as well. Um, I wish you all the luck in the world coming up this season, and I, I know it's going to be very busy and packed in the coming months, but uh, since we all had no sports for the entire summer, I don't think anyone's complaining too much. So thank you so much. I, I'm not complaining at all. I think this is great. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, ask me in about two months, I might give you a different answer. <laughs> but right now, I think it's a chance. Well, I'll be ready for a break then. But uh, for now, it's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you again for joining us, Chris. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My pleasure. And we are back. Awesome stuff from Chris. Love talking to him. Uh, definitely follow him again, guys, on Twitter, at Andrew Sports. And the, his book is fantastic. Then one day, it's on Amazon. I, I loved hearing just about, you know, the in his 40 years of doing this he's never experienced anything like this right where he's doing nba and i thought the story was funny how the nba game on sunday i guess came on earlier than everyone thought it caught a lot of people off guard he yep. he he went and you know talked to his guys why do you have the the nba futures off well boss because <laughs> there's a game going on right now it's just you know so much going on the us open tennis match as we talked about was sort of like fourth and fifth in people's minds that was one of the greatest matches of all time and it just happened to be on during an nfl sunday so lots of good stuff there yeah things get lost you know it was interesting he mentioned about college the day before it's like you know, this slate of first games in the season was awful, um, yet the handle was so good, right? right. You know, just people right. were just so excited for football, doing anything they can to get some action and, and you know, get back interested into, uh, you know, even even with the, I guess, you know, crappy games, if you will. So uh, it was good to be back. It was good to, um, you know, like we talked earlier in the show, uh, make some money. So uh, always good to start 74% with a uh, pretty large card. Yeah, football is king. I think we saw it, Wags, it was a couple weeks ago. It was the Austin P, P game. It was that, like, uh, Thursday night game or whatever. Oh, before, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Was... I mean, the, the handle on that game was just off the charts. People obviously know nothing about these teams. I didn't bet that game. It's like on <laughs> but, TV, but it doesn't Yeah, so it was on matter. TV. Yeah. That's all that matters. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Central um, Arkansas. There we go. There we go. And there were some shenanigans at the end with the point spread, as as, <laughs> as always. There we go. Um, I wanted to mention you and I were chatting about this. DraftKings is a good job. They update these futures after every week. So not only do they update, you know, team to win the Super Bowl, team to win the conference, they update season win totals and they update the awards. So they update the MVP numbers. Uh, Mahomes three to one, Jackson five to one, Wilson six to one, then all the way down, Murray and Aaron Rodgers are fourteen to one. Um, 
Offensive rookie of the year, a guy that I've harped on. It was on my client card, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I took him at four to one. He's down to plus one twenty. I don't know how you feel about that. After looking at week one, unless he gets hurt, I mean, the way that Andy Reid's going to use him, I like that bet a lot, even at that current number. Maybe not as much just because of injury, but offensive rookie of the year, Clyde Edwards Hilaire down to plus one twenty. Joe Burrow's up to four to one now. Yeah, no, I like the uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire bet, and and the reason being is. You saw the Chiefs basically play because Andy Reid's so good. Um, you know, Mahomes didn't have such high passing yards. He wasn't throwing the ball too much because they were in control of the game, so they ran the ball. On the flip side, when they're not in control of the game, they're going to be passing. But Clyde Edwards Hilaire still going to be part of that. Yeah. So it's not like he's going to get less targets. Um, you know, based on game flow, he's going to be in there. He's going to be catching the ball. He'll be running the ball. So um, definitely love that play. He, he, you know, again, barring any injury, but the, you got, you can't make bets based on, oh, this guy might get hurt. Unless, of course, he's a um, historically, you know, injure, injury Cam prone Newton. guy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. um, and you mentioned about the MVP race, uh, Mahomes, Jackson, Wilson being a three person race. Um, pretty much. I mean, unless Kyler Murray, uh, at 14 to one right now and, and Arizona really start kind of kicking it into a gear and, and they go out and, and win that division or something like that. Uh, but behind him, you got the kind of the normal guys, you got the regulars, Rogers, breeze, Newton, um, to me, like we talked about, Breeze didn't really look that great. So I'm not trying to, you know, get any, you know, run to the window on Breeze. Rodgers, yeah, he looked good. But again, he played against the Vikings defense, which we talked about, um, you know, the, their defensive secondary not being so good. So let's see what he can do as he, you know, starts playing better defenses. Um, you know, Cam Newton against the Dolphins, uh, he looked okay. He looked better than he, and he has. But again, you know, didn't really impress me all too much to be, uh, you know, considered in, in an MVP uh, race. So um, definitely going to see Mahomes and Jackson up there. Obviously, Russell Wilson really looked good um, on the road. Uh, so, you know, I, I see that happening. And, uh, you know, you mentioned you had Clyde Edwards Hilaire at four to one. Um, you know, hopefully Russell Wilson's numbers keep dropping. I have him at eight to one. Yes, you do. And one of the crazier stats in the in any sport that I've ever seen. You know, Russell Wilson has never even received one MVP MVP vote. Yeah, that's that's pretty it's, crazy. It's crazy. Not one vote. I'm not saying yeah. he's not a winner, but not one vote. Yeah. Well, maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year where those people are like, you know what? Let's give it to Russ. That's it. Let's give it to Russ. And Especially when they're not supposed to be as good this year compared yes. to like the last few years. He starts taking that team. And guess what? Carroll is now going to be a little bit more aggressive, and we saw that early in Atlanta. So Yes, they didn't wait to go to Russ till the fourth quarter. They went to him the whole game. They put up, what, 38 points. Exactly. There we go. So take a look at the Russ numbers, guys. I'm just, you know, just a thought there that people might say, okay, let's give it to this guy this year. Um Two games, Wags, that I think are at the top of everyone's list that I'm personally looking forward to. Ravens-Texans is the first one. This look-ahead line was five. Ravens minus five. The number comes out six and a half. It's now up to seven. You have the Texans team, extra rest. They're at home. Not that home field is as much anymore, but they're at home. Versus the Ravens team off a divisional game, and now they have to go down to Houston. Couldn't have looked better. 
you still have Deshaun Watson, last I checked there, for the Texans. So you have this Texans team that it's Texan team that is getting a touchdown. The look-ahead line has already jumped up two points based on one game. And the Texans, who they played, happen to be the best team in the league. So I want to do a little more research on this game, but the line movement to me isn't necessarily surprising just because of how Baltimore looked, but it is one that I definitely want to take a look at. And we talked about 1-0 team versus 0-1 teams. A lot of times you want to take a look at that at the uh, 0-1 team for sure. So this is a game that has piqued my interest so far this week. Yeah, I think, um, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. You get Houston, a team who gets extra time to prepare a uh, home team. I think they got shellacked last year by Baltimore, too. So, um, you know, they're going to be hungry for a win or at least make it competitive. Um, but then you have Baltimore still looking like the top two team um, not in the AFC but in the league I think yep. Kansas City and Baltimore are still one two just happen to both be in the AFC um, you know it, it's they're a tough team to bet against right uh, I foresee you know the public at least either taking Baltimore or laying off this game I don't think too many of the public are going to go run to Houston um, doesn't mean you know i'm supporting houston by any stretch it, i don't know where i am yet i still want to kind of do a little bit more analysis um but i can see you know houston with that extra time to prepare defensively trying to get after it but again you know we talked about cleveland having all offseason uh to prepare for baltimore's offense and and look what they did so um definitely an interesting game i really want to kind of you know that's definitely one i have circled i'll be watching uh no doubt about it yeah, I'm seeing Baltimore up to minus 7, minus 118. So that's probably going to hit 7.5 per, pretty darn soon. Yep. Um, so one to keep an eye on there. I know we will. Patriots at Seahawks is the Sunday night game, I believe. I'm really, really looking forward to this one. I mean, obviously the home field advantage is not going to be there for Seattle, which is a huge disadvantage for them, that, that night home field advantage in Seattle. But you do have New England going on the road here with Cam Newton. Obviously, Seattle has to travel cross country as well from Atlanta, so that negates a bit of the of the travel concerns. Um, this line three and a half. It it's now up to four. Um, but if Seattle and we talked about it just a few minutes ago, if they continue to do what they did last week, where they give Russell Wilson the ball, let him actually pass it. 60%, 70% of the plays as opposed to 49% last year. This is going to be a team that's very tough to outscore. Uh, so we'll see what Cam can do on the road versus a defense that he should have success with up front. He sh- they should be able to run the ball and kind of replicate what they did against Miami last week. But this one for sure, it's again, and I'm really looking forward to it. I want to see how New England does against a non-divisional team in, in, uh, in uh, Miami. Yeah, so I will say, you know, to the home field thing, um, I have Seattle a slight, give them a slight home field. And, and the reason is the travel. And I know you mentioned Seattle's got to travel back, uh, but they go back to where they came from, right? True, so that's true. kind of, you know, their, their normalcy. Mm-hmm. New England has to travel west. Um, but on top of that, you mentioned it's a night game. So typically 820 game on the east coast usually we talk about west coast traveling the east because they're playing at 10 a.m now you push it three hours later and it's like the patriots are playing at 11 20 in the uh in the evening so um you know you kind of maybe take that into account slightly um i don't think it's a huge home field advantage but that's something to just think about um i agree with you uh russell wilson if you give him kind of uh 
you know, a longer leash, if you will, and, and, and let him go. And, and, um, you know, I, I think Seattle, um, you know, offensively could, could put up some points on, on the Patriots, uh, especially cause you know, Patriots against a, a non-mobile quarterback. Um, I like them a lot better defensively. Um, but once you get Russell on, uh, you know, if he can break contain, um, it's going to be tough. I get that they were playing Dan Quinn in the Atlanta defense last week, so that's at least something to be desired. However, Russell Wilson, 31 of 35, 322 yards, four touchdowns, 29 yards rushing. College again, numbers. Yeah, they're that's, playing Atlanta. Dan Quinn is a disaster, uh, especially on the defense side of the ball, but 31 to 35 is 31 to 35. You're playing against NFL caliber yeah. players. So. It's uh, college numbers, video game numbers, however you want to call it. That's uh, that's incredible in the NFL. Incredible in the NFL. So those are the two games that we're really looking forward to. It should be an awesome week, too. All the packages are up on the site, guys. The real MrACL.com. Hit us up on Twitter uh, if you have any questions, or you can always email us through the site as well. Wags, it is time for the Monday Night Football Contest. Love doing this. Basically what happens is, guys, for new listeners, I read off three questions for the Monday night game between the Saints and the Raiders. The first person who gets all three correct wins 200 bucks in site credit. So you have to get all three right. And the, if we have multiple correct people that get it, it's the person that gets it in first. So you can enter by either DMing all three answers to myself on Twitter at the Real Mr. ACL, to Wags on Twitter at Captain Wags, or you can email us, acl at therealmrecl.com or capandwags at therealmrecl.com. So really four ways to enter. Um, and again, we this has happened before. Multiple people get it right. It's timestamp. So whoever gets it in first is deemed the winner. 200 bucks in site credit. Completely free to enter. Question number one is Saints minus 6.5 or are you taking the Raiders plus 6.5? Saints minus 6.5. Or the Las Vegas Raiders plus six and a half on Monday night. It's a good two. Monday game. I like this game. A, it, this is a good one. This yeah. is a, a sneaky good game. Raiders first home game. Exactly. Uh, which which should be cool. I got a chance to go take a look at that stadium uh, the other day, which was it. It is. It looks awesome. It's too bad that they're not going to have fans there for yeah. uh, the first season, but fantastic looking stadium. All right. Question one: Saints or Raiders? Question two: Give us the name of the player who's going to score the first touchdown in the game. Just the name of the guy who scores the first touchdown. Question three, the number of combined touchdown passes from Drew Brees and Derek Carr in this game. The number of combined touchdown passes from Drew Brees and Derek Carr in the game. If you get all three right, you're the first person to get it in. 200 bucks, site credit, boom, done. All right? Free playtime, Wax? Free playtime. Free play. The, the last time, so as you guys know, we had... We did all 32 team previews over the last month, but we did have one summer podcast. I think it was back in July. Uh, Wags gave out a free play on a hockey series that cashed easily. I uh, gave out the Red Sox under season win total, which cashed last week with 20 right. games left, which was nice. So we are off to a nice 2-0 and start on free plays. Hoping to keep it going. Pod, pod free plays. You know, yes. we, had, we, had, we did have a, another winner this week, as you mentioned earlier in the pod, on the – Eagles team total under 23 at, at and a half. plus 115. Uh, yeah, exactly. You got to love those plus uh, plus money winners. Plus money winners. Uh, free play. You want to go? You want me to go? Hey, why don't you go first? I think I went first last time. All right, guys. My free play 
for this week is going to be the over in the Vikings-Colts game at 48. Readily available at minus 110. Over 48 Vikings-Colts. I think these two teams are going to be able to get up and down on each other easily. Vikings gave up 522 total yards to Green Bay last week, including 364 through the year. On the other side, despite only scoring 20 points, we talked about it a little bit earlier, the Colts did manage to put up 445 total yards against the Jags' defense, who is far superior to this Vikings' defense. A lot of the reason they only put up 20 was missed field goals, red zone turnovers, Rivers' first game in action, all that kind of stuff. I think that's definitely going to improve. They have a game under their belt. They return to the Dome. Fast track. So between the combination of getting back to that fast indoor track, both defenses being less than average, and two QBs who lost last week, and I think want to come out with something to prove. Uh, I am going for my free play on the pod over 48 Vikings Colts. There we go. Very good. I like it. Um, on the uh, flip side, I'm going to go San Diego. Who's San Diego? I don't know any San Diego teams. L.A., I literally was saying that as I was ah, as it was coming out of my mouth. So L.A. Chargers, Kansas City Chiefs, under 48. And the reason being here is you have a Kansas City team obviously known for their offense, um, but equally so the Chargers defense uh, with Chris Harris, Desmond King, Casey Hayward in the back, um, not to mention Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram up front. Going to put a lot of pressure on Mahomes. Uh, I think Chargers at home, I mean, you know, not home field, but, you know, Kansas City does have to travel. And uh, you look last year, Tyreek Hill, last time they played, four catches, 61 yards. Really not that great for Tyreek. Um, they, they bottled them up. Uh, and in that same game, Kelsey, three catches, 24 yards. Now, they did lose that game, but I will say uh, the Chargers gave up two big plays, a 104-yard kickoff return last year and an 84-yard run. I think they're going to be ready. It's a divisional game. Um, they're going to be ready to kind of uh, play some defense. I think points are going to be uh, kind of come at a premium here. Uh, you know, Chiefs probably uh, – win in a, a closer game than it's in ex- anticipated and uh that's what i have under 48 good stuff i like it those are the free plays guys let's go 2-0 and on those all right wags good first show here for the season guys remember to follow us across all platforms we're both on twitter at the real mr acl at cap and wags i'm on instagram at the real mr acl a lot of my content goes up there as well please tell your family your friends your enemies your loved ones about the pod just type in acl pod anywhere to find it and subscribe and give us a five-star rating please leave your twitter handle so we can find you because we are going to pick at random one person at the end of the month and give them some, some uh, site credit there. But you got to leave your Twitter handle, otherwise I don't know how to uh, – Wags and I don't know how to get in touch with you. So <laughs> you got to leave your Twitter handle there. Um, yeah, man. Anything else you got? Week one was awesome. I look forward to week two. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I think that's it. Um, you know, Follow me at Cap and Wags on Twitter. Uh, looking forward to a great week two, and hopefully we can uh, continue to cash like we did week one. Absolutely. I again want to thank Chris Andrews for his time. Great insight there. Always love having him on the pod. All right, guys, that is the pod for Cap and Wags. I am ACL. We will talk to you same time next week.